0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Anatomy of a Chef. On today's show, I get to chat with Chef Jeff Gilroy. He is the owner and operator of Chefry 911 Catering up in Canada. Chefry 911 Catering is a mobile kitchen inside a custom trailer that Jeff designed, designed the whole thing by himself. He's got that thing outfitted with everything a traditional food truck would have, and he can support any dining venue, big weddings, um, social events, food seminars, food conferences, whatever the case may be. This thing, it, it packs a wall up. He can do pretty much anything that needs to be done. He's actually spent 17 years in the industry and has worked in 44 restaurants in nine different cities across Canada. The guy's been jumping around like crazy. And all that, it started from a fist fight in a bar. And he'll explain all that happened as well. But the guy got him in a chokehold on the ground, actually hired him as a a chef in the restaurant. And it kind of just started from there. Like most of the personal chefs out there, he's finding out that the social media is playing an important role in his marketing campaign. And that's... That's coming up a lot across the board. So if you're out there and you're thinking about, you know, promoting your personal chef or even your restaurant, social media, like like this isn't something that we don't know already, is really the, the way to go. If you do it in the correct and a really succinct way, you can do really well for it. This March will be, March 2017, will be his uh, one-year anniversary. And he says he, he spent about 48, 50 working days out of the first year actually going to events and and earning an income and that kind of stuff. But the last four months, he says that it's been really, really cold up in Canada and business just dropped off like a stone. But the good news, he is becoming so booked. He's going to more than double his working days into next year. So he's looking at about 120, 130 days already booked going into the next year. So, if you're up in Canada, this guy's is, is becoming to be in demand to get um, to be a personal chef and go to events and that kind of stuff. I'd say he's on his way. I mean, the second year it looks like it's doubling your first year. That's good stuff. So we talked about all the questions that I asked. His kitchen tool he can't live without. It's tongs. To grab stuff out of a hot oven, to grab things all over the kitchen, he uses tongs. And he says he couldn't throw a baseball without his father's help. So this was a fun interview for me. I had a good time. I hope you enjoy it too. Without further ado, I present Chef Jeff Gilroy.
1: Chef, good morning. How are you today?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's start out. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you kind of grew up up in Canada and how you kind of got into the culinary business.
2: In the culinary business, um, well, you know what, I, I, I was from, I'm i from the prairies. Okay. And um, I actually started working for my grandfather at a really young age um, in a manufacturing plant. Um, oh. I started at about 10 years old. And uh, I still went to school and, you know, high school and everything. And um, during high school, I actually kind of ended up falling in love with this Really quirky, weird show called Iron Chef, the original Iron Chef. Oh, okay. And um, did a lot of cooking throughout high school. It was like a, it was almost like I was always the guy at the the party who ended up doing all of the cooking. Didn't matter <laughs> where the party was. It didn't matter if we were out in the bush or if we were at somebody's house or whatever. It just it it always ended up seeing seemed like the I was the one who was putting the meal together. And I ended up doing staying in manufacturing, actually, um, for years up until I was, uh, about 24 years old. Um, however, in those earlier years, like, uh, 18, 19, I had a best friend who also liked the Iron Chef show and mm-hmm. he ended up taking culinary and, um, we kinda of, we ended up carpooling kind of he ended up, you know, he went to school close to where I was working and I ended up basically kind of doing the culinary program through my best friend. Oh okay. And we would cook every day and on the weekends and even when he graduated from his culinary school, I was actually invited to the graduation i didn't get the actual paper but i was there with all the other chefs and and, you know we did another big bash um a couple more years into the into the manufacturing and i kind of had enough of it and uh i literally i'm you know from winnipeg i packed my bags and threw everything in the car and kind of Hit Ottawa, and uh, and that's where my culinary venture started out. Because I I stopped doing you know working for the family business. I wanted to do something on my own, and uh, and I started getting involved in restaurants. Uh, I did stuff in the back of the house. I did stuff in the front of the house, mm-hmm. and I was there for a couple of years. And it was kind of like that time in your life when there was when I was really just changing. You know, I was, I was soul searching. I was really looking for something that was, I always wanted to do something that I loved. I didn't want mm-hmm. to just do something because I was just doing something. I didn't want to hate my job. Right, I didn't want to just right. do something for a bunch of money. I wanted to actually just love what I wanted to do. And, I, you know, I I, I liked the kitchens, but I liked the restaurants, too. So that's why I was doing a little bit of the back of the house. And then I went to the front of the house. So I started, you know, moving around like that. And when I got tired of Ottawa, I ended up going far west. I I jumped right across the prairies. And I ended up in Alberta, where I was in Calgary. And I started working in restaurants again. I did front of the house. And um, it was my birthday coming up again. I think it was... uh, my twenty, my twenty sixth, my sorry, my twenty seventh birthday, and uh, my dad had come to visit me in Calgary, and um, he drove from Winnipeg to Calgary like in one stints. So it's, it's about a fourteen hour drive. Oh, he was goodness. exhausted when he got there, so I've, I made this this immaculate dinner for him, and he, you know, he, he <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, he had a this. He had a couple bites of it but he was so tired from the drive he just got I think he had a rum and coke and he passed it on the couch and that was it for my dad. I'm like, he's okay. <laughs> so But it was still my birthday. I wanted to I wanted to do something and it was like all my friends were working and so at the time I was still I was, all I was I was kind of working as as a bar manager actually. Okay. And um
1: Where's this at, do you remember?
2: This this was in Calgary, uh, where I was I the bar manager at. I was, I was actually working at a Boston Pizza, and a oh, Boston uh, Pizza, okay. A Boston Pizza, yeah. Kind of a a common stomping ground across Canada. It's becoming a, oh, a huge chain. Oh, okay. Um, nonetheless, I I end up at this I end up at this pub, and um, I really like to play pool, so I'm. Playing some pool, and um, there was a fight that broke out, like a bar fight. And these guys ended up kind of like crashing into me, and and I just pushed one of them off with the pool cue. And then all of a sudden, I'm I'm in a headlock, and I'm, I'm down on the ground. And the guy that had me in a headlock, um, his name is Chef Jeff Rogers, and this chef actually ended up. Uh, the bouncers came over and broke up the fight, and they told us to cool off and go outside and have a cigarette and come back in. And if we couldn't be cool, then we were done for the night. So we said, okay, we'll go outside and be cool. So the guy that ends up having having me in a headlock is this chef, Jeff Rogers. And ironically enough, he ended up hiring me that night, and that was kind of my first real, real <laughs> kitchen job.
1: <laughs> and where was where was Where was that, where and were, that was
2: know, kitchen at, job? The the restaurant was at uh, at Rick's Grill, so they they had just they had just opened up, um, and in Calgary there's a, a big event that happens uh, called the Calgary Stampede. It's you know world, one of the the largest rodeo events in the world basically, and uh, so Calgary just is is insane. It's, it's just packed. There's so many people okay. there, and this restaurant had been open for about a week and a half. <laughs> and um it didn't matter what other restaurant i kind of worked at a little bit in the back and stuff it was it was never nothing was the same as this experience and uh i was there for it was my very first shift and yeah it, it's like here's your section and you're you know you're going to be like the <clears throat> the uh the salad person
3: <laughs> oh, okay
2: <laughs> the nice way to say it and uh <laughs> And um, yeah, it was like, here's your section, and uh, you know, call us if you need a hand. And you meet like you know, 20 people in a flash.
3: Right. And, I can't
2: remember the. And name then name. five, four, three, two, one. The the printer starts going, and it the the paper goes to the floor. And there's like seven thousand oh. <laughs> salads that I need to make in like the first two minutes that I'm in the kitchen. And my heart's just racing, and. I don't know why, but I completely fell in love.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, you probably loved it. I didn't even I, know if the was I'm like, this is the
2: best. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh. like to make it even better too, because if you're gonna have a good first day, you might as well have a good first day. So I, I like, I grab a, I was like, oh wow, I've got to make like twenty salads. So I grabbed the stack of plates, and as I grabbed the stack of plates, um, I, I actually slipped, and all of the plates came crashing down, and plates. Smashed and glass went everywhere,
3: everywhere? Oh and
2: covered god. all of the food. Oh my and, god! Oh yeah, it was awesome. I think I had made like maybe I made like you know five or six dishes before that point, but then anyways. So oh. and I'm like frozen. I didn't know. What, I'm like I'm gonna get fired. Like I don't. I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. And <clears throat> then uh, they're just like. They just showed up, like like just just like a team of chefs just showed up, and they're just they're just like shut up, move. And so I did, and <laughs> the, the entire station was like flipped. They pulled out every single insert, and then boom, it, everything was replaced. And there's it, it was just it happened so fast. They were so prepared.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, That's amazing! How oh, cool.
2: But but that was kind of like that was the very kind of first okay. real experience in the kitchen that I had. And
1: how long, how long did you end up staying there?
2: Um, I stayed at Rick's for um, for six months, and, and you
3: know.
2: I, I, th- there was something very unique and special about Rick's, though, because um, it was still kind of like a bit of a franchise place, and I, I actually never wanted to have a journey in a franchise, and once I decided to be working in the kitchen, like this is what I wanted to do. And <clears throat> I, I call them my original six. So there were six chefs there that mm-hmm. um, basically taught me anything and everything that you need to know basics um, in, in my first six months.
3: Oh wow! They,
2: okay. they were they were brought in because this was going to be the flagship for this franchise. So they paid big bucks to have very skilled, very experienced chefs and and they did that exactly and those guys were there for a contract they weren't they're going to be there forever they came in to make the place right and so that it would take off and i just happened to be there when all of this raw talent and skill was there and was very fortunate and they basically set the path and set the bar for me and my journey um for the next uh, 16 years wow. and, um,
1: back like in, you're back in 2000 or so. Yeah. 2000.
2: Like
3: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so they, you know, they were, um, they, they saw, they also saw the the passion that I, I was a little bit older though too. Right. You know, a lot of people, when they start in the kitchens, um, there's a lot of people start like when they're 16, you know? Right. 16 and in the movies. kitchen and you know or right out of high school and stuff like that but you know I had a different journey I I had a different um, I had a different path and I wanted to find my passion and oh, okay. you know it took me a while to find it but I did find my true passion though I found something that makes me happy no okay. no matter what and and that was like I said you know that that was. When I left Winnipeg, um, that was my biggest goal. When I left the family business and, well, and like, walked away from all of that, I, that was my goal, was to find something that I was passionate about so that I can, you know, have some kind of a legacy like, what, like I feel like what my grandfather has. Because
1: right.
2: he well, loves what he does. Yeah.
1: What, what is that? What is your grandfather's or the family business, the manufacturing? What did you all manufacture?
2: Oh well, he manufactured a lot of things. <laughs> he, oh, he, really? he made a lot of stuff. <laughs> he had uh-huh. several different manufacturing plants throughout his career. He was actually an electric motor winder by trade. Oh.
3: Okay. Um,
2: and um, it, it, he's an inventor. He. Oh. He's, he's made some phenomenal things. Um, one of the big things that we were actually manufacturing uh, at the time, in, in the late '80s and, and throughout the '90s was um window hardware so it was like a window manufacturer well we weren't doing windows we were doing like the hardware like the locks and the mechanisms exactly. that are involved in it so it's just you know a bunch of machines going bangety bang but you know yeah. it's like yeah. it's how it's how he put it to me you know it's just, it might just look like a window lock but you know think about how many windows there are in the world you kind of go well yeah. holy shit yeah there are a lot of windows <laughs>
3: A lot of windows and are a if lot you of get lot
2: all your parts and all of those windows, well, shit.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you got something there, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's
2: so, um, but, but yeah, anyways, so, is... the, the Sorry. what ended up happening at Rick's? Like, I wanted to stay, but I was getting bored because I already I understood the menu, and you know, it, when I was hired there, I was told that I was going to be on salads for like a year. And in six and in in six months, I ended up doing every single station and then running the line Mm -hmm. so Something happened right like obviously, you know something clicked. I I had really good mentors there and but then I was bored So they said like I said the there's I call them my original six they said (laughs) if you This is this is what's going to happen to you everywhere you go So you have to look for the best chefs. You have to look for the best restaurants. And even at the best restaurants, working for the best chefs, you're still going to get bored. And when you get bored, you got to go. And that's the only way that you're going to compile, you know, a shit ton of information and really get good at what you want to do. And that's what I did. So I did 44 restaurants and nine cities after Rick's Grill.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Across Canada. Wow. And that's uh, that's essentially my, my journey in short.
3: Uh,
1: and what and, time frame was
2: that? What's that?
3: What
1: was the time frame in that, Six, 44 restaurants and nine cities?
2: That was uh, basically 2000 till now. That's Ottawa, Winnipeg, Calgary, um, Jasper, Vancouver. Um,
1: Goodness gracious! And what what year? What years
2: was that? In, like, what's that?
1: What years was that?
2: Um, there was five years in Calgary. There was two years in Ottawa. Sorry, two years in Ottawa. Um, About another year and a half to two years it back in Winnipeg, but I went back and forth to Winnipeg a couple times Um, Calgary for about five years um, Jasper for about a year Vancouver for a few years and then the Okanagan Valley Um, Mm. I also went back to Winnipeg when my son was born in 2012 and Then now we are here in Kamloops BC Where we're not going anywhere for a long time (laughs)
1: No, I would okay. imagine that the okay. service is kind of like,
2: I'm done. <laughs> the only traveling I want to do is, like, Europe.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: We want to go with the family, and we want to go, like, to Europe.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So when did you start your own gig, your own um, catering personal chef business?
2: I started my own gigs uh, multiple times, actually. Um, <laughs> when I was in Jasper, I started doing uh, – like personal chef stuff on the side
3: uh-huh.
2: I was working like I was working at a um two hotels, and then I was doing personal chef stuff on the side as well too um that's kind of when it first started. um I moved to Vancouver and I ended up running into uh an old high school friend and um we ended up opening up a pizzeria <laughs> and I oh, actually had well, never made a pizza before, but I ended up opening up a pizzeria for the 2010 Olympics that were in Vancouver. Um, it was, uh, it was that first experiment with a restaurant. It was that first partnership. It was, uh, short lived and, and it, unfortunately it wasn't, um, uh, it wasn't a lasting partnership. Let's just say I was the, uh, the workaholic chef and the, the business partner and um, wasn't really, <laughs> he wasn't fulfilling his part. <laughs>
1: yeah. Unfortunately, that happens a lot with partnerships. <laughs> yeah,
2: it does. And But like fortunately as well too, this also wasn't like, you know, a half million dollar venture. Um, you know, it was kind of a hole in the wall place and I gave it a shot and it didn't necessarily work out, but that was okay. Yeah, um,
3: you live and learn, right?
2: Absolutely. You know, I was yeah. still, you know, I wasn't with my wife. There was no kids and all that other stuff too. So, you know, I was single. It didn't work out. Oh, well, you know, throw everything wow. in the Honda. Keep going.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't trust you, um,
2: well, <laughs> <laughs> throw it into the prelude.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. so what, what, was, what ended up what was... happening? Actually, the, the best part about my, my, my failed partnership with my pizzeria is that I, I made a, a very good friend um, uh by the name of david Murray and david Murray has uh, uh five acres um, in white rock right next to the ocean on and he had an organic farm oh, okay. and or the beginning stages of an organic farm and i kind of I kind of burnt out you know I was exhausted I worked seven hundred million hours in about you know nine months. And, uh, and I, I wanted, for the first time, I wanted to stop cooking. I, I was fried. I couldn't focus. And, and yeah, and I was broke too. You know, I put all my money into it. I put everything into it. So, you know, it was kind of like, uh, a working and emotional financial rock bottom. And Dave said, here, here's the keys to a trailer, here's the keys to a tractor, and here's 7,000 different kinds of vegetables that you can grow, so have at her, and here's five acres. So, yeah, I ended up completely investing my life into the farm, and then I partnered up with a neighboring farm as well, too, who started educating me and showing me the basics, so you want to talk about a reinvent, and that's basically what happened. Yeah, I awesome. reinvented myself, lived and worked on a farm um, for yeah about eight months out of the year, seven eight months out of the year, and then in the off season I went up to the mountains to go cook. Mm-hmm. So I went up to uh, Big White, which is just above Kelowna or below, when, whenever, uh-huh. anyways, close to Kelowna, and. uh Came back, did it again, did another season at the farm, and then um, in the next off season I went to Penticton, which is like in wine country, in the Okanagan in B.C. And uh, I ended up going up to Apex, um, and that's actually where I met my wife, and uh, and I went back down and did another season. Hmm.
1: So what was the, the <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what was the yeah What was the the um moment where you were like, I'm done with the professional chef. I want to start and really concentrate on the personal catering gig where you, you, on your, on your Facebook page, you've got the picture of the trailer all outfitted with all the
2: equipment and stuff. So what kind of um, pushed
1: you into that to make
2: you go? You know, go it back? was actually before, I, before I even went to Vancouver. Um, there was uh there was a gentleman that I worked for. I'm going to call him a gentleman cuz I'm being polite there's a gentleman I worked for in Jasper who actually um he was a a complete tyrant and he pushed me to the point that I was like I'm I'm actually finished working for oh wow I'm like I I'm I'm done working for total tyrants I'm, I'm I've had enough um and I knew that Isn't I wanted you? to do. I, I've I've always known that I've wanted to do my own thing. Let's like, can I put it that way? Like I've always wanted to do my own thing.
3: Oh okay. Gotcha.
2: But my journey to find out wha- how I was going to do it, um, what I was going to do, is that exactly. It's a journey. I, you know, nothing was handed to me. I've worked for everything that I've ever had. Right. And, and that comes with <laughs> that, that that comes with when when did I know that I wanted to you know do my own thing? It's I've always wanted to do my own thing. It's just finding it's the timing.
1: Right. Well, that, I, I think that, there was
2: I, one individual that pushed me to the maximum point, though, <laughs> that I was like, I am done working for people. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, like that. I think that, I think that's an apex for a lot of people is they. They get, I guess they get comfortable and they get comfortable with the bad behavior of their work environment until at one point they just say, I'm not comfortable with this anymore and I don't want to put up with it anymore. And it's, it's like a, a switch. It's like, yeah. it can be better. I, I know it can be better. I'd rather, I'd rather work for people who appreciate the, f- the work that I do, in your case, the food that you cook, as opposed to someone who's just going to be a tyrannical Horror day in and day out.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I've never like I've just I've never been a, a person to punch the clock either. Like even yeah. you know it, you know even if your 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 shift is eight to five, it's just it was never enough. Like I, I I'm such a workaholic. Like when I was in Calgary, I kind of like my peak time when I was really rolling through restaurants and chefs. I was doubling and sometimes tripling up on restaurants. I was working for three restaurants at one time. Oh I was working God. at a high end breakfast restaurant. I was working at a high end um dinner restaurant and somewhere in the middle, I was working at you know another pub where I was helping them recreate their menu it, like wow. and fitting that into who knows what you know yeah. it like working sixty to eighty hours a week is has been going on for a really really long time
1: for a long time, but how do you with with your um nine one one business your catering business how do you um how are you marketing yourself how are you getting your name out there to get, get the business i know we we talked <clears throat> excuse me yesterday prior to the interview, and you told me you got you're free for like this week and then for five months you're starting to get booked like crazy. Um, for those other personal chefs who may be listening, how do you go about marketing yourself to get your your business up and running
2: well i mean there's there's a lot of the the kind of the usual suspects i mean there's there's your social media, which i'm still to be honest with you i mean like I'm, I'm in, in june i'm going to be forty one and I guess in this off season i've kind of worked on it to get a better understanding of how the social media works because I haven't been like, you know, submersed in it. Um, But I'm also, outside of that though, I am good with people and I am a networker. I'm a natural networker. So, you know, I, I talk to people. I'm not afraid to talk to people. If you're afraid to talk to people, you better have somebody that can take care of that stuff for you then.
3: (laughs) That's
1: very true. Yeah, very, that's no one's great...
2: going to promote yourself other than yourself yeah. unless you have, you know, enough capital behind you that you've got this team of people that are going to do all of these things for you. You have to be able to utilize every single element that you have. You, I, I have to use my networking abilities, you know, my whatever, if you want to call it, charm. Um, you got to stay okay. in touch with people. You got to treat everyone, mm-hmm. you know. Treat everyone like they're they're your next client
3: right. and
2: staying, you know, in touch with those people and constantly reinventing. If something didn't work, why didn't it work and how are you going to fix it to make it work next time? Or are you gotcha. just going to scratch it right off the list? I just finished my first year. I'm technically actually right now, well, maybe at... I think it was March. I think it was March first is when I got started last year, actually. So I haven't even been one full year yet. But what I've learned in my first year is it, it's it's mind blowing. It, everything that I've learned in life and everything I've learned in kitchens, you know, everything mm-hmm. has has nothing compared to what I've learned this year with my business, and it's taught me. A, uh, probably another couple hundred notches about myself as well too. Things yeah. that I want to improve, things that I need to do to keep pushing and more successful in this business. But marketing, mm-hmm. marketing, marketing, absolutely. Yeah. Utilizing yeah. all those people where I had successes last year and knocking on their doors saying, hey, social media is a huge thing though. You know, It's, it's, yeah, it's very big, especially in, I mean, I'm in a mobile business and my trailer isn't specific either. It's not Jeff's jerk chicken. Right. Gotcha. It's a catering company, and I can do. And the equipment inside of it is is equipment that you can do everything with. You know, there's a grill, there's a flat top, there's 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 a broiler, there's there's two ovens, there's burners, there's two big fryers in it. There's a there's massive refrigeration in it, and it's so it's just not your. You know, there's two huge steam tables in there. I have a like Uh, a commercial. Triple sink in there, huge sinks. Didn't Like there's, it, it, it's just not a normal setup for a food truck,
3: right?
1: Because right.
2: of the size of the equipment and the size of the trailer, so it does yeah. make it very tricky as well too. I, I'm
1: but gonna, because I was so
2: get... new to Kamloops, and I didn't, because I was so new to Kamloops, nobody knew me here. I never cooked here. Oh, we okay. moved to Kamloops and nobody knew me. Gotcha. And. And I just showed up here, and I'm not going to cook for anyone anymore because I'm sick of doing that, right? Right, right. So I'm going to start my own company, but nobody knows me. So yeah. how the hell am I going to get people attracted to me? Yep. How am I going to start getting people's taste buds addicted? Well, I'm going to throw myself into the middle of the street, and I'm going to start making this street food, and maybe I'll be able to build some clients from there.
1: There you go.
2: And that's
1: basically so, uh, what I've done. I, I, w- I was going to ask you, starting out last March, and you said you learned a, a ton of stuff, um, can you give me an example of what were you trying to do last March, April, May, that you were like, well, this isn't working, I need to switch gears, and around August, September, you switched gears, and you started seeing your the new direction start paying off for you. Can you give us an example of what you were doing that wasn't working and how you switched gears and
2: made it work? Well, for, first of all, if, if you've never, if you've never ran a restaurant on wheels, there's <laughs> something to be learned there because it's a very, very special beast. Um, um. Um, just getting to know how, a restaurant on wheels works is a special adventure. Um, <laughs> things happen, and like everything can happen at once too. Um, just you know, get, I didn't have a professional um, food truck designed for me. I designed the entire thing. I put it all together piece by piece. I bought my pieces at auctions. I got them converted. I, you know. Uh-huh. I still had professional, you know, gas installers and a professional electrician, but like the walls where I put up myself, the the, the entire, the whole design was me. So, gotcha. and I, you know, I'd worked in some mobile catering vehicles and I'd uh-huh. worked, you know, for like two shifts in a food truck, but that's okay. it. But I also saw the potential in if your business is on wheels, then. You know, we can move too. If, if you know mm-hmm. this town doesn't work out, I can always take this entire restaurant on wheels with us. If it's if it's stuck in a building, and I got a five year lease, and you're stuck into all that stuff, that was the whole part. I just didn't want to be stuck. Right. I didn't want to be stuck. I wanted to be able to constantly just keep changing and evolving and making the place, making this company bigger and better.
3: Right.
2: What point though? Um I I think I was I think it was kinda of like my first um food truck festival and my first catering gig. Like where where it was a big festival where it really hit and we you know, it's like an hour and a half goes by and we're sold out of food. I can't believe we're sold out of food, it's been an hour and a half and I oh, made three wow. grand. Wow. I made three grand and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. No and then I do a catering gig. I do a five-course catering gig, and I go drive up a mountain, and there's like you know 40, 50 people there, and it's, it's five courses. And because I prep the whole thing and plan the whole thing, and it's just myself, and there's 40, 50 people, and I fed wow. them all. I did the whole thing, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, well, you know, what I did it.
3: Yeah. This
2: does work, and I can do this. And here's my big tip. And a standing ovation, and they loved everything, so this is it That's awesome. I did do it, and it will awesome. work. It's just gonna take time to build up the clients. It's gonna take time right. to sorry, excuse me it's gonna take time to to fill up that calendar right for the entire year and i and I had very, very, very big ambitions for the winter, but Holy shit, did I learn a lesson about the winter and, you mobile like well, I did nothing for four months that, that dude, this this is, was is the hardest you, winter of my entire life
1: uh, actually, is that because you couldn't travel anywhere because of the because of the weather or just no 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 gigs
2: or both it was a combination of both and and it was also um it was also a very cold winter up here too like it was it was odd how cold it oh, was okay. and um yeah, yeah so like it was what... it's and it's also it's also first year of business but i mean i'm i'm ambitious and i push very hard um and you know there, uh, most people will say oh, well, it's your first year of business and you know you you broke even you know that's really good and i i don't see that as good i'm like well no but that's yeah. not good enough um but i mean i did break even but in the same sense too i also own everything in my business too i yeah. own everything i own the entire trailer i own the truck i, so, I don't really have any payments at all
3: that so awesome, that
2: man. was that was a good year so now mm-hmm. i'm at now i'm at zero and i'm starting off and I'm, I'm already i don't know i i worked about in total i worked about 48 days last year where i was actually operating this year i'm uh-huh. already looking at about being about hundred and twenty days right now,
1: oh my gosh
2: Wow. and i'm and I'm just about to get started right so like i i'm yeah I feel that this year is going to be a success, but like how do you how do you make your your business successful um we'll we'll see what this year has to say,
1: yeah oh that's great there's I mean...
2: it's yeah. <laughs> i I might I wonder... have more gigs booked this year. I, I'm, I might have some some more some high ambitions, but right. uh, until until this time next year, I'm not really going to know how this year is going to pan out. Yeah. Uh, I've got a pretty good feeling that I'm going to do a hell of a lot better.
3: <laughs>
2: um, but you have um, to you have to push.
1: Um, I kind of I, I the the, the you know, my personal phone keeps ringing. Um, I that to supposed to be if of
2: the interview or like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just waiting for my dog to go off and she hears something outside <laughs> <I'm terrified. laughs> to really make this thing really raw and relevant. <laughs>
2: well, my cat hasn't come over and hung up on you yet, so
1: we're
2: <laughs> we're good so far.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So what are the What are um? What are three things you wish you knew before starting this business? After you, like, I wish I knew these three things before. I was gonna say become per- becoming a personal chef, but I think this is more relevant. Of I'm gonna create a business where I'm chef on wheels, go anywhere. If there were three things you wish you would have known ahead of time, what would they be?
2: Um. Oh.
3: Any
1: idea?
2: I, if there are three things that I that I kind of wish I knew, um, <laughs> I wish I knew what the weather was like every single day for real.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I wish I had a little bit more banked up, actually. Um,
3: okay, there's more money maybe, in the bank.
2: Maybe saved, maybe saved a little bit more. Um, and I wish I quit smoking before before I did, because <laughs> <laughs> I've quit smoking for a month now, and uh, and I, I feel a lot better. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet you do. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I wish I wish I had better tires on my truck. You know,
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: God. but but really. I, I don't know. It's it is a business on wheels, and I I joke about you know, you know like you got to roll with it, but like yeah. you got to roll with it.
3: Absolutely.
2: Maybe Absolutely. you know just a a little more organization, a, a little more planning. Um, I did have a paperwork nightmare, you know, at at the end of my first year because I'm not a paperwork person. So oh, okay. You know, being more organized, um, which yeah. I've managed to put it together, and I've had. That tremendous amount of support from my wife as well too is kind of <laughs> she's you know, put the binder together. This is where you're going to put your stuff. <laughs> not not in your glove box, yeah, yeah. not in your sock drawer, not in right, the yeah. shoe box, not in the cat box, whatever, just <laughs> not in every other box. Just put it in this folder. That's yeah, where you put simple, your stuff. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
1: Easy stuff. This is where it goes.
2: But when you're, it's you know, like- that 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 first year when you're just doing everything. Oh, I know. Yeah. And because, like, cause, cause I don't have suppliers that are coming to my house. I don't make a shopping list, and 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 all of this food just shows up. I pick up everything.
1: Yeah. Right, right. Oh, it's a, it's a different animal altogether. I can imagine. Yeah.
2: The and- the handling of goods is. That's that's where, some of the trickier parts are really because you're, yeah. you. It's not just making your prep list and then you call it in and it, show, it shows up. Right. You're making your shopping list, then you got to go get it, and then you got to go, like you got to you got to go shop. You got to pick it up. You got to put it in the truck. You got to take it out of the truck. Put it into the trailer. <laughs> then you got to find a spot for it in there, and it's it's just a shuffle. There, you're you're handling the goods five or six times before the product goes out the door.
3: Oh, my God. Where,
2: where you kind of handle it. That, that's kind of my biggest challenge for the year. Yeah. Eliminate too, as much handling as possible, and that's going to buy me a lot more time. That's, that's yeah, one of that, my biggest challenges.
1: That'll come with time, I think. Do you actually do you take the food in the house and prep it before the gig, or do you just do all the prepping and all the cooking and all the serving at the, at the venue?
2: It depends on the gig, really. It really does. Yeah, I I try to prep as much um, beforehand, for sure. The last thing I want to do is showing up somewhere and being in the shit, trying to like... Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really try to prep as much prior to it, uh, to to the event, for sure. Um, But you don't always... You know, when you're at a large festival like last year, um, we were at this... Really big festival, and um, there were what two or three food trucks that dropped out before we got there, and oh, okay. then we ended up having to pick up the pieces for that. And there was no extra food, so that like I was just getting hit, and then had to close down, and then go shopping, and then get hit, and uh, it was it was a nightmare. I I worked 21 hours a day for three days straight, wow. and I was like I was a basket case at the end of it. Made some good money, but uh, <laughs> but it, it was not my it was not my the dream come true, you right. know. Even though I've never made that much money before, I still would not want to ever do it again like that. That's not that's not success for me.
1: Yeah, that, I guess so, it's I guess it's I guess it's okay a couple times a year, but week in and week out, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, working twenty hour days, week in and week week out. That's no way.
2: You, uh, yeah, I'm 41 this year, dude. Forget it. Yeah. I'll explode if that happens. <laughs>
1: You're still you're still a puppy. <laughs> I well,
2: I am, but I still, it's it's not. There's no need for it. You don't have yeah, to. I'm I'm not. I like not, working. I am addicted to working a lot.
3: Yeah.
2: But I still can't work that much. It's not healthy.
3: That's
1: not why you doesn't, got. Doesn't into matter it. if
2: I love it or not. Yeah. And I, I I'm kind of. You know, there's a lot of chefs that are like, oh, well, you know, too bad for you. You know, I'm 70 and I still work 100 hours a week. Well, boy, I, like, I mean, I'm happy for you, but I don't want to live that kind of a life either. I still yeah. love what I do, but I still want to be able to have enough energy and juice to uh, make my kids breakfast in the morning. Um, you know, make my right. wife a dinner.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: This, These these are this is why I have this business.
1: Right. I hear you. So other than a sharp knife, what kitchen tool can you not live with and why? (sighs) Tongs. Tongs.
2: Yeah. I can't live without tongs. The kitchen, the kitchen knife's obvious, you know, a good sharp knife, but no. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have those tongs. Tongs or a rag, just, just to get dry rag. (laughs) So you can grab hot okay. shit out of the oven. Right. That's that's it. Good sharp knife. And 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 a and a good pair of tongs. That's it. Got gotcha. Perfect.
1: If you had to choose three herbs or spices for the next year, what would they be? And salt and pepper don't count.
2: Three herbs and spices
1: for the next year.
2: Um, thyme. Chives. Fresh time. Time, okay. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with basil. Basil? a good choice. And if I were to pick a spice.
1: Harissa. Harissa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why harissa?
2: I don't know, it kind of just goes good on everything for some reason.
3: <laughs> That's cool. Goes with yeah, everything. Make, and,
2: and the time and the basil and harissa, they can work too. <laughs> you can throw them all together. Perfect. What the hell? <laughs>
3: gotcha.
1: Perfect. What was the best lesson your father ever taught you?
2: Try to throw a baseball. Nice.
0: I love
1: it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, I know you're this is um Family Day up in Canada and you've got time you got to spend time with your family. I know you you'd like to go out and kind of hang out with those guys. So I'm going to I'm going to go right to the challenge question and then we'll figure out where to get in touch with you and then we'll say say uh, goodbye. So you receive a request to cater a dinner party for 25 guests with a budget of $500, about $20 each. <clears throat> the menu is to include two hors d'oeuvres, two entrees, and a dessert. What would you create for that huge budget?
2: <laughs> with that huge budget. That's right.
1: <laughs> I'm not making this easy on you guys.
2: This is a, it is a huge budget. It's, uh, five, $500...
1: For twenty five about
2: twenty bucks a person. Yeah, yeah, twenty bucks a pe twenty bucks a person. Well <clears throat> uh, maybe we probably cruise out a maybe a little shucks of oysters and get do like an oyster Rockefeller maybe. Okay. maybe even I don't know, cruise up some kind of a, a beef carpaccio or d'oeuvre. Okay. Um, for a main, I don't know. We could, uh, could do some braised short rib on uh, maybe like some kind of like a like a gouda mash. Um, okay.
1: the gouda mash.
2: Oh yeah. So good. so good, so like gouda. Uh. That.
1: That, that just sounds so good.
2: It's so gouda, uh. <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> oh, I need another main, but I'm going to throw in the creme brulee right now. I'm just going to say a creme brulee because I, cause I can. So that's my go-to. Maybe an Earl Grey creme brulee. Oh, wow. Um, but I need to throw another main in there too, right? Yeah. So I got a lot of meat in there, so why don't we just do uh we just do a nice spinach cream gnocchi?
1: Oh, very good. That makes yeah.
2: I think I I think I could do that. I'll be broke at the end of it. I don't know if I'm gonna make any goddamn money at that, but <laughs> whatever. At least everyone will have some food.
3: <clears throat> well,
2: you know, Was I supposed to be able a... to make money at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know, 25 pe- well, if you get 20% of the 25 people. people hiring you for another <laughs> gig, then it's worth it.
2: <laughs> I mean, as long as they're happy, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's pretty much the answer I get out of every chef I ask that question. It's like, I <laughs> guess we're not making any money. <laughs> right. I'm just making people happy.
2: <laughs> as long as they're happy, good enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately.
1: <More> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Let um Let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if you have a Social media account like Facebook and Twitter. Or yeah, Facebook.
2: absolutely. Everyone can get a hold of me through Facebook um, or on my webpage. You can reach me at uh, Sheffrey 911 Catering, 911 uh, Catering, uh, com for my website. Um, on Facebook, it's Sheffrey 911 Catering as well. And uh, yeah, I'm in BC, Kamloops, Canada. Seven seven eight nine eight one zero nine one one <laughs> for all your catering, street right. food. Seven,
1: Let's do that again. Fine eight, dining. Eight. Let's do the phone number again. Seven eight eight nine
2: sure. eight, one. Seven seven eight. Uh-huh. Nine eight one. 778-981-0911 mm-hmm. one, one. Gotcha.
1: And your web address, your um, your website. It's Jeffrey. Is it um, n i n e o n e o n e dot com not the number but the it's spelled out no it is
2: the number it is the it's number. the number so it's like chefy like c h e f f r e y and the number nine one one catering catering dot com.
1: perfect awesome chef, thank you very much for your time and your input I love your story I love your business and I wish you much success I will let you know when this um, gets released, and we'll kind of promote it accordingly, and hopefully we'll drive some business toward, toward your website.
2: That's Mike, thanks goal. very much for the interest and uh, and for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. It's pretty cool.
1: You're welcome, and I appreciate you agreeing to come on the show. So have a great rest of the week, and have a great year. I hope you do well.
2: Thank you very much, Mike.
3: You know, bye-bye. Bye-bye.